Hello everyone and welcome to System Hoppers, an actual play podcast we try to show off a wide variety of tabletop role-playing games, but also because we can just never decide what we want to play here. My name's Mark, and I will be your host, and also tonight I'll be stepping into the role of Keeper of Arcane Lore, as for our first set of episodes I'm joined by my friends Josh, Laura and Steve, as we'll be playing Call of Cthulhu. So what is Call of Cthulhu? To give a quick rundown, Call of Cthulhu is a game that could probably best be described as a survival horror role-playing game, based on the Cthulhu mythos written by H.P. Lovecraft. Originally released by Chaosium in 1981, and with its most recent 7th edition having released in 2014, the players will be playing the role of investigators, who will be exploring, delving, and uncovering the horrors of the Cthulhu mythos over an investigation scenario. The real challenge of Call of Cthulhu, though, isn't always defeating the evils you find, but sometimes just escaping and getting away with your sanity intact at the same time can be a positive resolution for your characters. So, I'll give you a brief introduction on how the game's basic mechanics work. The players will have stats and skills that are all represented by different numbers, and when trying to do something where the outcome may be uncertain, they will roll percentile dice and have to roll under that skill. So for example, if you have a listen skill of 60, you would need to roll under a 60 on a d100 to pass a listen check. That might let you eavesdrop on a distant conversation, or to hear a shambling creature that's coming up behind you. This also means that skills equate directly to the percentage of being able to pass it, so the higher the skill, the better. Your level of success can matter as well. If you manage to roll under half your skill, so in our 60 listen example, under a 30, that would be what's called a hard success, and if you roll under a fifth, so 12, that would be known as an extreme success, which may give extra bonuses here and there. The players also have luck points that they can spend as they want to buy their way to success if they don't roll as well as they want to. So going back to our listen 60 example again, if a player unfortunately rolled a 65 and needs 60, they can spend 5 points of their own luck to act as if they rolled a 60 and succeed. However, their luck is a stat on its own, and spending it on rolls early might mean that you aren't so lucky later on, or you might find that your luck turns on you a bit later down the line in moments where you really need it. Players can also elect to push rolls when they fail, and this is just another one of the little systems that makes Call of Cthulhu so much fun. This allows them to try the roll again after they've failed, but with them trying something new. The catch here is if they make their roll all as well, but if they fail the roll a second time, there is always a consequence to their failure. Part of the fun of running the game as a keeper is to try and convince your players to push rolls, as they will never fail to heighten the drama in what is already a very tense situation. The final thing I should also touch on is sanity. As the investigators find disturbing things, see horrific sights, or meet creatures that are not of this world, they are going to risk damage to their bodies, but also their sanity. This is another stat check where they need to roll under their current sanity or risk losing more. And if they lose too much sanity, or too much from a single event, they can risk slipping into the depths of insanity, where they may find themselves acting peculiarly, violently, or maybe just trying to run for their lives as they succumb to madness. I won't spoil things too much here, it's a very fun mechanic, and it's not uncommon for players to survive a scenario, but then have to manage the mental trauma of what they've endured in their downtime between investigations. To try to rationalise the irrationable, or maybe just convince themselves it was just their imagination. A trick of the light, or maybe they just had a bit too much to drink. That's all I think you need to know to get started now, 
If you were interested in one, to find out more, you can download the Quick Start Rules for 7th Edition for free from Chaosium's website, and it also contains a free scenario called The Haunting, which is perfect for first-time players and keepers if you wanted to give it a try. I would highly recommend giving it a look. The scenario we'll be playing today is called The Dare. Set in 1980s America, the players will all be playing local kids who all go to the same school and have all been dared by Roger, the local bully, to spend the night in the old Barnaca place, an abandoned house on the edge of town, on Halloween night. It should be worth noting that despite the player characters all being kids, we were playing the rated R variant that comes with this scenario, and this is still a horror game, so it may involve children being in dangerous situations, so do consider this a content warning. If you're still here, we plan to answer the age-old question of what is worse, Lovecraftian entities or the local school bully. Also, we may get the rules wrong occasionally, so we'll endeavour to do our best where we can. Finally, as a horror game, I have spoken to all my players individually beforehand to discuss lines and veils in terms of content, and we do play with an X-card rule just in case players aren't comfortable with any subject nature and I give them a chance to voice any concerns. I do think it's important to have these safety tools in place, especially when playing a horror game, and it also means I can let you know that the players were fine with the scenario and whatever perilous situations they found themselves in. But I won't keep you any longer, and I'll let you find out for yourself now as we meet the players and play Call of Cthulhu. So I'm joined here today, um, I'm Mark, I am your Keeper of Arcane Lore. Um, I'm joined here by Steve. Hello. Um, I'm joined here by Josh. Yo! And I'm joined here by Laura. Hello. And today we are going to be playing The Dare, written by Kevin A. Ross and published by Sentinel Hill Press. I think it's quite interesting, actually, before we start, because you've all actually got kind of very different experiences with Call of Cthulhu. Steve, your experience with Call of Cthulhu? Um, I've played, what, six or seven one-shots at this point? I've had characters make it through sessions, uh, a couple very much not make it through sessions um yeah i've, I've got a good bit of experience with this now <laughs> lots of lots of death so i'm inclined characters. to say you're like the most experienced but that doesn't always mean like <laughs> probably doesn't mean much for call of cthulhu <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> laura you've kind of because you've only played the once haven't you i've dabbled I've, I've completed a game once and a couple of them some finish but yeah i've only had one full game so pretty inexperienced with it you have a hundred percent survival rate, though. I do. <laughs> um, and Josh, kind of coming around to you. You've not played Call of Cthulhu before. I've talked Lovecraftian with you a lot, Mark, but I've never played a Call of Cthulhu game, so I'm I'm, I'm aware of what Cthulhu is and what to expect, but mm -hmm. I've never actually played the tabletop RPG. This is kind of an introductory Call of Cthulhu adventure. What it kind of what it's all about is just kind of everyone's going to be playing kids between eleven to thirteen. Um, and Roger Simmons, the local bully and ne'er-do-well, has double-dog dared you all to spend the night on Halloween in a creepy old, like, the creepy old house on the edge of town. So you are just trying to generally, like, kids that maybe you know, may have been picked on by Roger. He double-dog um, dare us, so... He did double-dog dare you as well, and otherwise he'll tell the whole school you're chickens. I want to be a chicken. So, do you want to start with... Josh, did you want to start? I can start. Um, yeah. I'm I'm Richie. Um, I'm just a normal kid. I like not really good or bad at anything. I'm just kind of middle of the road. For Mario of a group, if you will, the jack of all trades. Um, I'm a great friend to everyone, apart from to Roger because no one likes Roger. Uh, they, he seems to be literally the only person who's just 
not my pal, and I have sweets. Did you want to introduce your character as well, Laura? Because I think we. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm Charlotte Bruckner, and I'm the weirdo. So I've just moved to a new school. Not many people know me. Um, I often sit in the corner and write in my book and listen to music on my mixtape. So yeah, I'm just a, a loner really. I like I like ghosts and vampires and weird stuff. And Steve, I am Harry. Uh, I am a. I'm just going with the stereotypical nerd character. I <laughs> imagine a '80s nerd. That, that's it. I, <laughs> it's, oh, all, all of them at the same time. Every oh. single '80s nerd character in one go. Every <laughs> nerd all at once. <laughs> oh yeah, it's Halloween night, so we can go through costumes if people want. I mean, what what are you dressed as? Oh, a... Thought I had sweets because I was just like I carry sweets with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you've all, you've been. <laughs> You just, had a you just carry sweets around with you, just on, just on the off chance. I thought I was like the doctor. I thought I was gonna be like, would you like a jelly baby or something? But no. Um, <laughs> is it 1989? Is the year 19 86. 86. Oh, what, what? definitely didn't look that up so we could check what year certain movies were out for costume purposes. <laughs> I, I I'm going to be dressed point. as Link because that's the year Zelda came out. Wow. <laughs> but like eight bit Link. Eight bit link. Oh, you've given me the worst. I'm I'm dressed as David Bowie from Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> you've given me this option. Why would I not take it? Massive cod piece <laughs> and everything. Right. Oh no. <laughs> go big or go home. I mean, that's what I, mean. I didn't mean go big or go home <laughs> like that, but then it worked. I'm gonna be something scary as I do like. Scary stuff, my character. I'll have a Mike Myers look going on then. Mike Myers or Michael Myers? Um, <laughs> Maybe dive all over again. <laughs> yeah, baby. I'll be Michael Myers. Like ha Halloween one Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah, Halloween Michael Myers. I love it. With the uh, mask, but maybe I'll take my mask off later. It is, Hall it is Halloween night in this uh, creepy old... Well, I guess just Midwestern town near Massachusetts. Halloween falls on a Friday this year, um, and you've had to deal with Roger at school, the local bully. He makes everyone lives everyone's lives help. He's kind of given you this dare as kind of an out. Quite simply, if you if you're able to spend the night in the creepy Barnaker house on the edge of town, spend the whole night in there and come through, he'll essentially leave you alone for the rest of the school year. I mean, he bullies a lot of people, but you know, it's kind of a deal you can't really pass up as well. Um, and also, if you don't do it, he'll fundamentally make sure everyone... I mean, he'll make sure you're known as chickens throughout the entire school. And so, you know, that's something you probably don't want either. Um, did anyone... Because oh, you've had a bit of time, I assume Josh from his bag of candy has gone trick-or-treating as well. Um, if you're all in costume, you know, feel free to have done that before as well. Is there anything anyone wants to have kind of done before this kind of, before like you came out tonight? To ask, because we're talking about like possessions and stuff. If I'm dressed as Link, I was going to say, should I have like a little cardboard sword and shield? I feel like that might come in handy one day. Or maybe I might have a plastic sword and a cardboard shield. Would that be okay? Um, I just mean as well, because you've got like, obviously your parents don't know you're out here and you're doing this. Um, so I assume it's different stories of maybe like I'm staying at a friend's tonight, but you'll have you'll, you'll have had time to prep as well if there's anything you urgently want to bring with you. Um, you would briefly know that the Barnaker house, as it's called, it's the house you stay away from on the edge of town. You know, if you kick your ball over the garden fence, you don't go to get it. It's just a creepy, empty house. Um, so Josh, you said kind of a cardboard sword and shield. Anyone else? <laughs> anything else? 
I guess I'd be bringing some kind of rubber knife as my outfit might might have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just a really cheap one, you know, one that bends. <laughs> Dave, what does what does David Bowie use in Labyrinth? Yeah, uh, he has, like, than... he has a weird he has a weird orb. I will have a weird orb. <laughs> <laughs> so um the Barnica house as you know it sits on the edge of town. Um, it is within an easy walk of all of your homes, um, but on this kind of, as you get further out of town, the houses are few and far between, a bit more sparse. Um, Streetlights are infrequent and dim, um, and a lot of the houses in the area are just little to run down. Not necessarily because it's a poor neighbourhood, but more just lack of maintenance. Like, houses are kind of boarded up just because no one's ever lived or renovated them. Um, people that do live here keep to themselves, and you wouldn't know anyone that lived here. It's about 8 o'clock, 8 p.m., um, enough time for you to have done a bit of trick or treating if you wanted. Harry and Charlotte, you guys, do you guys know each other? I'll know you from a class. Yeah, no, no, maybe I know each you from other. math oh, class. Yeah. Or maybe we're in an all lots of classes together. Okay, I'll say you spot each other as you're walking up. But, seen each other. Um, the house itself is a um, it is a two story house. Um, it has like a little kind of like is it a cupola? A cupola it has like kind of like a little bit uh, like a towery bit that towers just over the rest of the house. But it is two stories with this kind of extra segment that goes a bit higher than a second story, kind of like an attic-y space. Um, the houses are all, the, the houses, the windows are all boarded up, and there is like an iron gate going around it, like waist height. At the very end of the street, kind of where the gate ends, is a big telephone pole um, with like a poster stuck on it or something. As you guys walk up, though, you can see on the on the front porch, kind of sat there, legs dangling, you can see a kid, a stockily built kid, his hair's kind of shaved on the sides, but he has almost like a mullet in the back. He is wearing a big jumpsuit, and a, a big grey jumpsuit. And you can see on his left arm is a very crudely drawn, um, what you assume is supposed to be the Ghostbusters logo. <laughs> on the back of his, as he, as he kind of like, as he sees you, this is Roger, of course. He picks up and he looks at you um, and just kind of glares at you as you walk over. As you hear him shout, Dweebs! <laughs> <laughs> as he walks over to the gate to meet you. Visibly flinch, as he says it. <laughs> yeah, I sort of look down and try and keep walking. As you get to the gate, he hops the gate and meets over to meet you. You can see on the back of his jumpsuit, he's written the word Ghostbuster, but it says Goostbuster. Someone's got to correct that. <laughs> um, it is like G-O-O-S-T and then B-O-O-S-T-E-R. Uh, Goostbooster. <laughs> Um, you can also see on back on the porch is like a denim, ja like a like a blue denim jacket that he was wearing as well. But obviously, he's taking this off as as he walks over. Um, he sees you two coming, and there was me thinking you dweebs weren't even going to show up. <laughs> anyone day. told you that your uh, shirt is spelt wrong? Did anyone tell you like a nerd walks over and gets like right in your face? Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> I looked down the floor. Yes. Rich, if you want, or Josh, uh, I'll say at this point you can you hear this before you see it. I just kind of pretend I I didn't hear it. I just like, hey guys, how are we doing? Actually, Josh, um, can you make me a notice stuff roll? Oh yes, success, success. As you're walking around, you come around like the telephone pole, right? You immediately look over and you can see the large like like Roger's like he's thirteen because he had to repeat the year at school basically when most of you are twelve, right? Um, but as you see this and kind of look on, you kind of cringe a little and you look to your left, um, and as you look to your left, you actually realise that the telephone pole you've just passed has a poster very recently stapled to it. Oh, you look over and you just see this and it kind of catches your eyes, being kind of bizarre. So it's a missing it's a missing poster for a child called Joey Snyder. Cool if you know anything. Underline twice. Um, 
and there's a number there. But yeah, so I, I guess I, I spot that and note that um, as a thing. Just You've never heard of this kid, but you're just like, oh, you know, that's concerning. Sounds like we're in a great neighborhood. Yeah, with that, you kind of see, and then you kind of your attention snapped back to uh, Roger giving <laughs> Harry a hard time. And, you know, yes. he's quite a loud kid. You can definitely hear So I just kind of rock up and just try and um, pretend I haven't heard anything and be stupidly positive to try and get through the situation. Hey, everyone. How are we doing? There's more of you nerds. <laughs> Roger laughs. Uh, I just go, ha, ha. I'm just going to look at you with, like, eyes of crying for help. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you with relief that there's other people here, I guess. <laughs> I'm looking at everyone else in confusion of how to handle this situation. <laughs> you see, um, as Roger kind of looks over, he kind of takes stock that the three of you are here and goes, well, I mean, I thought more people would show up, but I'm glad we got the dweeb, the freak. And hey, Rich, how are you? Uh, I, I, I don't know how to class myself either. It's fine. Well... I, 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 yeah, I, I guess it's good that you came because you know if you didn't I'd have to rearrange your face <laughs> he kind of makes a fist at you <laughs> I kind of like oh, kind of go backwards in uh, in shock I will also visibly flinch <laughs> <laughs> I see Roger's the most violent with you anyway <laughs> oh dear this is going to be fun <laughs> you can see then um as you're kind of looking around and kind of like, as you kind of take stock, you can see there's, there's waist-high fence and it goes back to the house. Um, and Roger kind of cracks his knuckles as he leans back on this like rusted fence. Well, now that you're here, and like, I, I mean, I'm glad you showed up and all, but this doesn't prove anything because you've not actually, you know, stayed in the house yet. You know, the rules are simple. Um, I've hidden a key in the house. I've actually hidden one of the house keys in there that I found. If you guys can find that and actually use it, you can leave once I lock the door when we're in, but that's not going to happen because, you know, we know you're all freaks and babies. <laughs> and clarify, because I I, I I do need to make sure I'm back at, like, a sensible time. Um, we, we're not expected to stay in here overnight, right? Like, we're going to be able to leave. Yeah, of course. You, if you don't find the key, you'll stay here till 6. I'll let you out at 6 a.m. At, 6 at sunrise. But you're going to uh, leave us alone, oh, right? 6 a.m. No, I'm staying in there too to make sure you guys don't chicken out. Oh, oh, okay. Well, okay. Yeah, that's. How do we chicken out if you've locked us in? You might, you might, you might, you might dig way out with your weird mole hands. <laughs> kind of laugh at you, mole hands. <laughs> He's never heard. You've never heard him call you. This. <laughs> I will look visibly confused at my own hands. <laughs> <laughs> I look. I look visibly confused at your hands. <laughs> He's just developed a new insecurity for me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that you're wasting time, so let's get moving. And with that, you kind of see he hops the fence and he starts walking towards the porch. But you can see kind of from the house itself, like the plants are overgrown and this big kind of like in the backyard. The, like the grass is unkempt and like up to places it's about like two or three feet high from where it just hasn't been kept. Um, you can see weeds and kind of bushes that have been kind of strawn once. Well, was probably once in a nice house. How are you kind of following suit um, as you kind of tried the gate and Roger has not unlocked it? <laughs> Well, I oh, probably. No. Wait, wait. So, sorry. So, am I on the other side the of gate. the gate, right? No, no. It's, it's like a waist high gate, but Roger just hopped it. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna awkwardly try and open. Probably take me a bit of time. <laughs> it's like. Ugh. Yeah, what you can kind of do. There is the gate itself is locked. Um, you can attempt a from your perspective. You guys can attempt a gym class roll to try and just hop the fence as well. Um, 
or it looks like you could probably maybe push the gate and give it like you could maybe try something on the gate as well okay like, it's, feel... it's, it's not so much locked as it is stuck well, it would be like thick, not thick stuff but brawl can I brawl with the gate you brawl with the gate <laughs> yeah. throw hands with the gate <laughs> the punch it open um, I'll let you roll a thick stuff roll on it if you want alright oh Oh, so I guess I try and push the gate, and so I failed. I'm too weak to push it open. Would you like me to try and look at the gate? I can... Please. I will try looking at the gate, I guess, with my weird mole hands. Yeah, make <laughs> oh. me a fi- make, make me a fix stuff roll. Yeah. You succeed, though. That's a fix. That's a success. I'll say, as you look at it, then you realise there is a lock on the gate, but it's not actually so much rusted shut as the, like you reach over and as you touch, as you yank on the lock, it just like snaps off more fixing it through that and then you push the gate as it just creaks like open and leading you a straight walk up to the up to the house i was like halfway like trying to climb the fence and then that happens and i just gotta come down and like kind of just brush myself off and just awkwardly follow (laughs) after you two as you walk over you see uh you see on the front porch in front of the house roger's just kind of stomping his feet around and he's kind of not really paying attention to you at the minute as he kind of as he hears the gate he looks over he goes oh you dweebs can take a look if you want before we go in and he kind of points to the door, but you can also see around, like, there's a path that goes to the back of the house as well. We'll take a look around. Um, right, I, I... Before we even, like, start looking around, guys, what have you heard about this house? Like, does anyone know anything we should be aware of? I've heard uh, no one's been in for years and years. Yeah, it does look pretty old. It's um, old. Do we have, like... I want to see if we, can I roll, like, a check for, like, like local knowledge? You can make me an intelligence check. <laughs> I will say as well, sorry, while you're doing that, in terms of the house itself, um, you can see the house is in poor condition, the paint is peeling and absent, and the slate roof is like missing slates. Um, windows are all shuttered, um, and the shutters are held in place, like, and, like nailed in place on the front okay. of the house as well. <laughs> okay, I'm going to roll an intelligence check. Success! Yeah. yeah, what do you want? Just kind of general rumours and stuff? Just, yeah, just like, is there anything we should be aware of? Like, is this a creepy Story. house? Have I got any stories I can tell my team so we can like be aware of it i'll tell you then just generally um this is before your time like as far as you're what 11 12 mm. um you've always known this house has been empty you do vaguely remember asking your dad about it once though mm-hmm. um you do remember actually like this house hasn't always been empty like it's always been the talk of the town not talk of the town so much as parents have told kids to stay away from it you'd briefly remember there were a family that lived here like uh, maybe about 20 years ago and as you're kind of raking your brain over this, you remember you think they were called the Briggs family. Right, okay. Um, t- about 20 years ago, this Briggs family, from what you remember, like, they're not here now and people don't really talk about it. So I, I explain that to, mm-hmm. to the group so everyone knows the same information I know. Um, there was, you'd remember people talking about, like, maybe in hush whispers or, like, they'd, they'd stop talking about it if they knew you were listening. But from what you vaguely remember, there was... There was a family called the Briggs family here, and then there was an incident of some kind, and they're not here anymore. Mm, okay, okay, cool. Cool, that's good to know, yeah. it's good to know. So uh, where do so we start? Why don't we just go straight in and find the key so we don't have to be here for, like, too long, because I I don't not like this at all. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's a good idea. We've also got to be in the house with him, so do you really want to spend too long in there with him? No, no, that's, that's, yeah. That's Let's good. get this over and done with so he can leave us alone. Yeah. As he walks over, um, as you, as he sees you, are you walking up to the porch then? Yes. As you see, as you walk over, you see kind of like a visible kind of look of like slight disappointment on Roger's face. Are you guys sure you don't want to check the shed out in the back? There was a big hornet's nest in there I found. 
Why would we want to check that out? Does it look really cool? And it was like an old hornet's nest. And, uh, and he looks very like distraught. We just want to find the key, if that's okay. We're here for that. Oh, and you can go look at the hornet's fun. nest later. Like, no, when we get the key. nerds in. Oh, yeah, but oh. when we find the key, you, we can go look at the hornet's nest. Yeah. He looks visibly like distraught. Um, I should say at this point as well, it's it's there's a bit of light, but it is kind of get, starting to get dark now, of course. Okay. But I said it's five o'clockish. Um, you can also see it's getting quite. It is quite cloudy in the sky. Um, like not quite rain yet, but it doesn't. Look, the weather doesn't look like it's going to get much better. I I, I kind of see this as an, uh, a situation where I might be able to try and um, I don't know win our bully over here because he seems very keen about his hornet's hornet's nest curious about the shed and yeah he seems he absolutely wants to push someone into the hornet's nest (laughs) but it's not active right maybe see you have that knowledge of him but i don't think rich does rich is just like oh that's you know he seems like he really cares about something which isn't like being a bully and you know maybe see a nice side to that maybe a very naive side to that and I'm like, oh, you know, well, well, maybe if we get out early, we can go and look at the hornet's nest with you if you want. If that sounds like something you want to do. Just go in the house. Oh. <laughs> We've okay. successfully ruined his day. <laughs> We've Good. made this awful for him. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't feel too bad about that. He is a bully. I think Rich feels bad about it, though. Um, as you walk up onto the front porch as well, you hear like as it or like there's two steps going up and it creaks. But, like each one creaks as like the wood is just like warped and like dead leaves everywhere and kind of like leafless shrubs all kind of on the side of it as well. And yeah, the house looks pretty nasty. Um, you see Roger reaches into his pocket into into his jumpsuit and takes out a kit a large key as he unlocks the front door. <sighs> Let's go then. Come on. And he moves in as, as he opens the front door. Um, before you even walk in, you hit like you can smell like it just like stinks of damp inside the house. Like it looks like the room itself. It looks like it was made of you know like it clearly looked nice at one point, but it's just kind of warped, damp and musky and pretty nasty. Um, it looks like it has electricity, but you assume it probably doesn't work. So. Is there enough light for us to see naturally at the moment? Yeah, it's it's still well lit. It's like it's, it's, there's still enough light at the minute. That it's not a problem. And as you walk in, you see Roger. Actually, you see a small bag. You see Roger. Look, uh, Roger reaches in um, and takes out a lighter. And you can see actually, as you as you're walking in, he actually starts the light and he's put candles sequentially around the house. Oh, okay. Um, some of them are already lit, but some of them it looks like he's stuck down. And as that, he already, he already kind of starts lighting them. Um, as he kind of sees you look at him, he's like, "There's no point of sitting here in the dark, is there?" Uh, I, I'm like, thanks, thanks for lighting the candles. That's that's nice. Oddly thoughtful. And as you see, like these candles, like they're quite long candles. Um, looks like clearly he's clearly set this up in advance. Like they're not like <laughs> store bought candles, but like it looks like however many around the house at the minute. There's probably like a good like couple in each room. He's clearly had to set this up um, as much as he probably wouldn't admit it. Oh, you've um, really put a lot of effort into this. What? No, I haven't. As he says that, he walks past. He like shoulder. He like shoulder checks you, Charlotte. You know, he like hits you with his shoulder as he walks by um, to get to the door. And um, with that, he pushes the front door shut, um, reaches in and locks the door. And you hear just the lock, the lock like slam across, like click, realizing you're stuck in here with him. As he does that, he puts his key, puts the key back in his overalls. Um, and then as he goes to do it, he shows you it again. You get a good look at this key he's holding. Uh, so this is a skeleton key I swiped from my dad, uh, but the actual key is in the house. Uh, not that you dweebs are ever going to find it. But if you do, uh, unlock the door and you can leave. How does your dad have a key to this place? I don't know. He got, he, he got drunk and I stole it from him. He has a, it's a skeleton key. It opens everything. Hmm. Opens ev- uh, that's everything. That's real. It's a skeleton key. 
That's not how. <laughs> is it made of like skeleton? One of those in Zelda. Like uh, that's that sounds pretty legit. Yeah. But he gets it, and he kind of points at you. <laughs> for a smart kid, you're for a smart kid. You're not very smart, are you? I, is it made of like real skeleton, or is it like <laughs> made of skeleton? I don't know. <laughs> And with that, you kind of hear him stomp through, and you hear him walk. He walks through as he kind of he walks through into the kind of what looks like it was a dining room off to the left. As you hear a door open, and then you hear a door slam, um, and keep kind of leaving you alone for a moment. Is he off? He's gone. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, I think that went well. Yeah, as well as it could go. Um, do we stick as a team, or how do we do this? As you listen uh, out in the house as well, you can hear like like the, as the wind from like that is picking up outside hits the house. It hit like it almost creaks and moans like not necessarily with Roger's footsteps, but just generally the ambient noise is just this like creaking and moaning of wood um, and kind of shutters and like hinges rusting and kind of slamming back and forth. Oh. Um, it is like ambiently like you know even though it's like nothing's happening and you, there's nothing going on, it's just it's not ever really quiet. I I, I think we should probably stick together. Let's not split up at all. I yeah. don't. Probably he's not. in the house. I feel like if I walk around on my own, I'm just gonna get hit. A yeah. Lot. Yeah. Let's let's stay. That's a good idea. Okay. You might have hornets. I I don't want to oh. take that risk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I to be fair, I don't think he could get hornets over to you and not get stung himself. So. I don't want to take that chance. <laughs> that's I understand. He that. may have come prepped. He's really. He seems very prepared. Candles, <laughs> I don't he's know what else he's got in store. He's good with candles. Yeah, that's true. Um, do you want a sweet? I hand out yes. my bag. Okay. Um, it's just like pick and mix stuff. So what uh, have you got? Should I get some fried eggs in there? Um, yeah. Cola bottles. Um, jelly babies. All the good ones. I'll take a cola bottle. Ah, there you go. All yours. Take an egg. <laughs> one egg for you. Delicious uh, egg. <laughs> renewed and ready, ready with vigor <laughs> as you get a good look these candles that roger set up are like kind of weird like off yellow color they're quite like obvious to notice when they're plied around the room they seem to burn and create quite a, quite like a, a good amount of light though so i'd say you're not really worried at the minute about being stuck in the dark should we go into the living room uh let's go, the, uh, let's go the opposite way to the way he went let's go to the, the left there seems to be a room to your right and a room to your left, and then a staircase, a staircase going up, and then a corridor going down. I want to look in um, the backpack. Um, Roger's backpack, sorry. Yeah, as you walk over and take a look, you see there is a lighter in there. Looks like kind of like a Zippo lighter. Um, definitely not Roger's. Um, and you see just a few more of these candles that seem to be in there. As you pick them up, as you get a good look at them, you like. They don't look store bought, which kind of strikes you as a bit odd. Like they look kind of almost like handmade. He's really passionate about this. Uh... Haunted house experience for us, isn't he? It? Is. I mean, I guess maybe this is like when he invites normal people invite friends over. Maybe this is his version of that. I don't. Maybe he made them out of hornet wax. Oh, I I do have candles. I produce yeah. some nice white candles. I part of the Link cosplay. We candles. we don't need these. Then we can leave us back here. I feel like I don't think we need to annoy him anymore. Um, yeah, Charlotte, you can make you can make me you can make me a spooky stuff roll. Oh, yeah. um, and Harry, you can make me a science class roll. Extreme. Ooh, that's an extreme success. The best version of success. You are good with the spookies. Yeah. What What am I rolling? Science. A uh, science class, if you want to. Charlotte, as you get a good look at these candles, then, um, you know, knowing your interests outside of, you know, being here in creepy haunted houses, um, you've heard stories about kind of homemade homemade candles made from kind of like the fat and wax of like newborn babies have like you know supernatural qualities 
Um, and that fact just kind of rings into your mind as you're like, ooh, it's spooky. Um, and then you're kind of like, wait a minute, Roger wouldn't really do this. So Roger wouldn't have that, though. The way what are they made from? It reminds you of stories you've read about candles, like wax made from like the fat of like newborn children. Oh, okay. Um, and you know that kind of black magic uses a lot of these. Okay, so I saw a relay that. See, these aren't ordinary candles. I've heard about these. I've read about these in books. This isn't the ones you buy in a shop. I don't know where he would have got these from. Also, on that on that extreme success, sorry, just a partner that Harry just got. Um, oh, you'd wow, notice yeah. that a lot of the a lot of yeah, extreme successes across the world. You'd notice that a lot of these are made from like animal fat. Um, the oh, wax okay. itself. I, I can quite happily chime in. Then I, I think it might be animal fat. Huh. Maybe I mean, hornets. I, I don't know. Is that different to my candle? I like hold up my like normal white candle, which you you're like store bought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your, your candle different. is made of like wax, and these are made of like animal fat. Oh, I never knew that. I never knew you could make candles out of animal fat. That's interesting. I mean, you don't normally, because they're, you know, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> if you're doing weird things with candles. What, what, what would you do with that? Oh. Rituals? Uh, where is Roger getting animal what fat I've from? Read. And yeah, where's he getting these kind of things from? Does he have a connection with the butchers? The baker, a candlestick maker. <laughs> oh, candlestick <laughs> oh. Also, with this, with this, you hear like you hear like another door open and slam, and from like from the mm. stairs, Roger comes back round. You got you guys haven't even left the entry hall yet. Like, are you going through my bag? And he kind of points at you, Charlotte, as he walks over and he kind of snatches it from you. Yeah, just have a look, see what supplies you might have hidden a key in there. God, you are a freak, aren't you? Now, are you guys going to do something? Come on. Where'd you get your candles from? Yeah, why does your candles look a bit yellow? I don't... What are you trying to say? Just yellow candles. They're a bit strange. I know, they're just a bunch of candles over here, right? So... Where'd you, where'd you right, get them fine. from? Found them here and put them up, because, you know, I, I'm not going to sit in the dark with you nerds for four hours, am I? Oh, okay, so you found them here. He doesn't know where he got them from. Okay. Alright, let's go into a room. Where, where, where will Good we talk. go for a key? Shall we go over... Um, as you walk through then you see uh, it looks like kind of like it was originally like a living room or like a parlor like a tea room it is filled with dusty chairs and sofas that are kind of split and have like there's a sofa that has like its middle cushion is missing and it's just you can see it springs at the southmost corner of the room is a fireplace and with a carved wooden mantle and on top of the mantle you can see a battered old like like an old knapsack looks like there once was a small fire there um, and bits, someone obviously looks like broke a chair and kind of used bits of broken chair in the fireplace to burn. Like, there's almost like a lingering smell of soot that hangs in the room as you kind of walk through. Um, and there is a door to the pit to the room, going to another room. I will go and, like, awkwardly pick up that knapsack. Um, yeah. And, like, sort of, like, drop it onto the floor, like, with, like, the tips of my fingers so I have to touch it as little as possible. Um, and then, like, try and open it have a look inside. Yeah. Anyone else? You, do, you guys doing anything else? Um, I'm, I'm going to try and look around at the furniture to see if I notice anything which looks like the dust has been moved, like as if... Um... Um, make me a notice stuff roll. Okay. Do, 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 do. Oh, notice stuff. Got it. As you're looking kind of around the sofa and kind of this side of like the, the front most of the room, you catch sight of, like as you're kind of looking on the right side of the sofa and looking around for stuff, and like it looks like like from where the dust has settled, it does look like someone someone was using this maybe at some point semi recently. What the sofa? 
someone maybe like there's the dust isn't it's not as dusty on the sofa itself and as you're looking at that though you suddenly catch sight of something else as you see from behind the sofa something just whip out um something very small um you don't really catch sight of what it is so much as you hear and see it as you just see something whip out from behind the sofa and just run like like something like scamper down into the hallway and you hear it kind of that and then it's gone again guys you're not scared of mice are you um, it was bigger than a mouse, definitely. Oh, rat size then? Um, big bigger than that, but around. Bigger that size. than a. Okay, I'm just. Well, as a child, I have no idea what else it could be. We haven't got super spooky yet, so I will go. Guys, I, I hope none of you are scared of rats. A rodent of unusual size. It was just you know it was bigger than a mouse, probably rat size. I think it was a rat. A cat? No, no. Wait. Did it look cat-like? Um, You've heard it if it was a cat. You didn't really so much see it as you just heard it, and then you like saw like the dash of something get, like leaving the room and running down the corridor. I could see a cat hanging out here. Yeah, I mean, I guess if there's cats here, then there must be mice here as well, right? So could be any. Well, there's other things in here, I guess. Is a is a takeaway. So just just to be aware. Um, meanwhile, while that's going on, Harry, were you saying you were going through the bag? Yes. Were you emptying out or like just looking in? Um, I'll actually I'll like hold it with like you know just my fingertips from the bottom and just sort of tip it and try and yeah onto the ground. <laughs> yeah. You see, um, so out of the out of the knapsack falls a pouch of tobacco and a pack of rolling paper, um, a small little pocket knife, a little hip flask, um, and a roll of bills. It's mostly one dollar and five dollar bills, but it's a fairly hefty stack for the. You know, like there's a few, there's a fair few bills in there from what you see, and you see a matchbox, and as you fall, it falls out. Um, it falls open. You can see there is chalk in the matchbox. As I sort of like poke through it, um, I'll just sort of look over to you, just like guys, guys, guys. What have you found? What, what's that? Money. 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 Ooh. Do you think that's? I think he's got like a stash here. No, he it, would have. Why would he that bring up? us into his house if he like? Yeah, he would have hit me. Yeah, his... I don't think this belongs to Roger. Oh, okay. Unless he does hang out here. Yeah, I'm just gonna like scribble on the ground with the chalk. Ooh, just... Ooh what are you writing on the ground? What are you gonna put? Uh, I'm gonna do that S thing that everyone did in high school. <laughs> <laughs> did they do the S in the 80s? They did now. In my <laughs> the 80s, they did. Also, uh, I forgot one. to give you. Uh, Rich, on your notice stuff roll, sorry, because you were looking at the sofa. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention this, but you definitely would have also spied this because you said you were looking at it. Under the sofa, as you're looking in it, as you're kind of seeing that thing whip about, you also, you spot something sticking out from under the sofa. Um, oh. like, a, like a metal rod of some kind. Um, there's a, I saw like a metal thing over here. Um, I might need a hand grabbing it. Sorry, do, do a bit of a pull to see if I can pull it myself. Um, it seems snagged, but you give it like a solid tug. And as you pull it out, you see um, in your hands, you seem to be holding, um, it looks like an iron fireplace poker. Oh. Um, kind of sharp on one end. It's, it's, it's slightly bent, like it doesn't sit straight and it looks old, but it kind of crooks off to the side slightly. But it's a solid, you know, it has like a solid weight to it. I'm like, cool. This is better than my plastic sword. Can I, can I trade it off? It's an iron fireplace poker, um, and it does 1d6 points of damage. I'm using that instead of my plastic sword. Whoa. It's sharp on one end, but you also get the feeling it might be also be good as like a, a bludgeoning, like something to hit stuff with. So, I put the plastic sword on the floor, 
and just put it like I rest it nicely on the sofa because I I want to come back for it. But obviously we're in desperate times right now, and any good weapon might be helpful in this situation. Um, so I'm keeping hold of it. Can I can I sniff the hip flask? Well, the contents of the hip flask. Sorry. Uh, you get a good smell, and it it stinks of whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like you know, your little like 11, 11 year old nose is like overwhelmed with just strong old whiskey. I will audibly and visibly gag. Oh, what's that? <laughs> I'm just gonna stick it under his nose. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, no, no, that's. Oh. What is it? Smell it. <laughs> Wait a minute, yeah. Oh. Is that like piss or something? That's grim. Look visibly shocked at you swearing, like outraged even. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. As you're doing all this, you hear um, you can hear Roger walking back round. What are you guys up to now then? Uh, uh, before he comes around the corner. I will hide I, the money and the hit flask. I, I try and hide the poker behind my back. I assume it's like it's still quite a big poker. Um, you see he kind of peeks through as he like as his head kind of juts around the corner. As he kind of stands there, you know it's not going to be here all night, you know, if you go room by room like this, right? Well, how else are you meant to do this? Give us a clue. Give a clue. Look harder. Oh. That's a good clue. Thank you. <laughs> this house oh. is pretty big, you know. You got, you got to. I mean, I'm just saying, if you guys want to be here all night, that's all right with me. Oh. I mean, if you, if you, if you're too afraid, you could beg a little, and maybe I'd let you leave. <laughs> I, I think, I think we've got time. I think we've got time. We'll, we'll be, we'll be fine. It's, it's okay. Don't, don't. It's all good. Come on then. Right. On delay, on delay. I, I, fine, fine. Let's try a different room. Um, oh, I, I don't think he knows it's French. Is that French? What'd you say? <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing. That's what I thought. Shall we go for this other room across here? But there's a door right here. Ooh, yeah, there is. Okay. I want to open this door. You want to pass through, yeah? Yeah. Um, as you pass through, um, it opens up into a much bigger living room. Like you thought, maybe that was a living room before, but you realise this is definitely like that was maybe like a like a, a sitting room. Oh my god, they have two living had two living rooms. Wow, these guys must have been so rich. As you open the door, you see this living room is is in much better shape than the up the other two rooms you've seen thus far, and you can see there is a large sh set of shelves right down at the kind of south of the room. At the far south of the room is a large set of shelves. Uh, you can see there are dozens, dozens of miniatures and little statuettes on the on the shelves going across. Uh, foxes, birds, cats, deer, other animals, all made of kind of glass and ceramics. On the highest shelf, you can see a big stuffed cat um, with kind of glistening grey fur. I pick up one of the foxes and have a, a fox and look at it and go, "Oh, pretty." Yeah, it's a little porcelain. It's it's a bit cracked, but looks better condition than anything else you've seen so far. I pop it back. <laughs> Anything else you want to do? Um, um, what else did you say there was? There was porcelain um, animals. Sorry, so you can see you can see there are porcelain animals and kind of foxes and animals on the shelves. Down at your feet, there are like smashed ones, like they're not all good. And you can see like picture frames, but they're all face down, like on the ground in kind of the debris. Um, can I dig through the stuff on the floor? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, you can see a picture, an old picture frame of, and you see uh, four people, um, a dad and their two kids. But what kind of structure was a little bit odd is that you can see this somewhat happy family, like the picture's been warped from age, but meticulously all of the eyes of each of the pic each person in the picture have been scratched of like with like X's, like someone has deliberately done this.
that's all for our first episode, and I really hope you enjoyed the show. If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening, as this has really been our first delve into this kind of thing. Thank you very much to Kevin McLeod and Facilian Studios for the music and sound effects used throughout the episode. I'll put links to both their pages down below in the show notes. If you want to support the show, please do follow us on all of our socials. I'll put links to those in the show notes as well. And any support is greatly appreciated. Our plan is to play through the scenario, then switch it up entirely to something new, so comments or suggestions on what systems you'd like to see us play in the future are definitely recommended. See you next time to find out what happens to our group of intrepid explorers as they search deeper into the old Barnaker house. Take care. <laughs>